Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Back at it. Back at it. Country AF Radio. I'm sitting here with the boys from Jaegertown. You want to introduce yourselves? Go ahead, sir. Ah, Preston Creed, vocals and guitar. I like it. Jesse Brooks, bass, vocals. And dude, you pimped the Country AF Radio t-shirt. I did. I've seen it. In fact, I think it's in my suitcase. And I was cursing myself because we had a little minor breakdown on the bus this morning. And I'm dressed head to toe in white and had to crawl into a greasy mess. But So you're, you're also the, the road mechanic? Uh, yeah. He wears yeah. many hats. I have a great support structure. By support, I mean <laughs> they, they, they lay in their bunk and support their pillow while I figure out what's wrong. It's a bus. union thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't it, think it, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't, it's I don't more want to of hurt a knowledge thing. I, it's one of them things. You ever do something where sometimes it's better if they don't help? Uh, very familiar with that. Yeah. Very familiar with that. We all know what it is. We all appreciate it. Dude, how, how did, so I hear the words Jaegertown. The first thing I think of is obviously the liquor. Is this where Jaegertown came from? Are you guys like super drinking fools? or? Yeah, so the band is going on 13 plus years, 14 almost. And uh, we started kind of like a songwriting project and... We didn't know what we were going to be called, and we started with about three or four songs we had cut in the studio, kind of like having a baby without a name right. for a while, and uh, thought it was just going to be kind of a songwriting studio thing, and then uh, we started playing shows, and it kind of, and in fact, the first couple of shows we played got, got spoiled out of the gate, and we were opening for, for Ty Herndon, and so he you know, pulled, a, pulled a great crowd, and then people really responded. We're like, oh, maybe we should keep going, yeah. and we had this song, Jaegertown, that's you know, there's tons of songs in country about drinking whiskey, drinking beer. I don't know any of them. No, there's no, none. Of them. Can't, can't even Cow. hardly put one into <laughs> your mind. But so we wrote a song about a mythical, magical place. And if you notice on TV, there's never any ads for Jaeger, and I think there's a reason for that. It advertises itself. <laughs> sure, it takes you to that. Place. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so we wrote a song about uh, you know, somebody that works their ass off all week and and decides to uh, take a little trip to a, a place called Jaegertown and. It's just been an anthem. It's, it's a party song, and and you know how it is when you start a band. I mean, there's so there's so few actual band bands in country anyway. Yep. So many names, <clears throat> but um, you know, we we thought, man, how do you get something that sticks out there? So it's Jaegertown, everything, and that, and then you know the, the fan clubs like Jaeger Nation, and it just uh, it, it kind of ballooned from there. So it all came from the the song that we wrote. Yeah. yeah. The, the short answer is, yeah, it, the song was written about the drink and sure. the band was named after the song the song yeah. came first yep. did, did you guys ever like get approached by jaeger themselves to actually do stuff with you guys we did stuff with them for a little bit and would back love... when they used to spend money on yeah music. exactly yeah, they, don't do that anymore. they don't do that anymore so we did we did do stuff with them for a little bit they it was funny because i think it was a little shock to them they most of the stuff they were getting behind was metal super lot, metal yeah a lot of metal. the jaeger tour was nothing but nothing but metal yeah. so you know when they were uh doing a little bit with us it was uh, i think it was out of their <clears throat> what they were normally used Their to. Their wheelhouse. But, yeah, but we'd happily do it again. Right. Funny part is now, you know, 13 years later, you know, being Jaegertown and, and wherever we go, you know, people are sending rounds of Jaeger to the stage and everybody kind of gets this whole... Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> that was 13 not, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> we're not the people we were... <laughs> we're not, that was ago. a long time ago. Yeah, we've done a lot of, of that at this we, point. We traded uh, hangovers for gym time and treadmills for the <laughs> but, most part you mean jim by like your manager jim no i'm <laughs> like, just joking like, no. <laughs> we get plenty of that time is too. he gonna hear this <laughs> i hope so no the other jim oh the other jim what's the time you got to get in the bus and so the the uh 
the days of small honky tonks and and uh, you know sleeping in the parking lot those are those are over. So it's like we got to get six hundred more miles in. And, right. So let's play the show. Get up. Get loaded and go. Do you guys so, tour full time? It's uh, you know we've been touring since May this year. Uh, for us, uh, it's it's about it's. I don't want to say it's definitely not weekend warrior, but you know we'll be out for five or six days, home for a couple of days, out for three or four days, home for a couple of days. We did a lot of flying this year. That's we, good. That's probably yeah. easier, right? We tend to, yeah. I, I hate flying, personally. I'd much rather be in the bus, even though it's a lot more hours. Just airports in general, it's just not my thing. Right. <laughs> I just don't like it. It's tough. I'm, I'm like B.A. Baracus. I have to take a pill before I get on a plane. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you got to go to, to Wisconsin, you're going to spend two days driving each direction, or do you want to fly it in four hours? It's really yeah, but what do you guys do? Just pray they have a back line? Yeah, a lot of the time. I mean, it, there's a lot of different scenarios, but um, oh, yeah. either that or we'll budget. I mean, we'll budget it in. So if right. they want us, and I've got to be in California this day and Minnesota that day, they don't really have a choice. We can play the show. So I'll just budget in backline. A lot of times we'll do it ourselves. Sure. But I'll contract the backline guy and just have him buy it out type of thing. We've gotten gotcha. to a place now we build these we all nice little fly rigs so it's, you know, carry on and and uh you take everything with you cuz you never know. I've seen the horror pictures of what different airlines can do to your guitar, so Well, yeah. yeah. That you never know what you're stepping into when you go to a place either. Exactly. It's nice to just have your emulators have come a long way. Yes, they have. You can yeah. we literally we all have a small case about this big with our guitar that we can do Whatever we need to do without amps and that. So yep. a lot of times we'll rent a drum kit. Sure. And it. then the rest of us just show up with our suitcase with our stuff in it. Nice. Roll. Nice. You guys been in the game for quite a while. Is, it, is the ultimate goal, I mean, obviously, is radio and stuff like that. Do you guys chase the dream of the record deal? Or you guys find that you can be independent and just, like a Cody Johnson has done for so long, just yeah. build his brand and, and make his money and do right. his thing? I mean, I, I love Cody's model. I mean, we got to play with him this summer. and I was, you know, was there. Yeah, it was awesome. Man. We loved having you. <clears throat> but it was, it's, it's impressive what he's been able to do. I, I think that, you know, the idea of a record deal has changed so much and people think, oh, record deal this, record deal that. I know a lot of people who have record deals and don't play near as many shows or do sure. as much as we've done. I mean, we've had three national charting singles. The last album, you know, we got to work with Grammy Award winning producers. The last writing trip, I think the next round of stuff we're doing in Nashville is going to be amazing. So. Uh, whatever gets whatever moves the needle i mean if it if it was the right situation and the right scenario some stuff has come up over the years and th the funny part now of the music business is you know it's like how much do you give versus what you get so you know sure. if, if there's doors that are opening that you're not already opening for yourself then that's definitely something to consider well, we were talking about that a few minutes ago with 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 your radio situation and stuff like that that's that's the be all end all question is what can you do for us that we're not already doing for ourselves sure and more often than not, there's no answer to that question. There isn't. You know what? Cody played here. Um, I sat down with him and I asked him the, the simple question, the same one of of that. And he's like, dude, I've knocked on every door. Mm -hmm. I've sat with every person. And they've all offered me stuff that I already have. Right. Yeah. And he was like, he'd tip his hat. And a lot of them had told him, they need, you need to change this, change this. And he's like, I'm going to keep doing what I do. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your time. Tip my hat. And he walked out. And I, I, I encourage, like, there's a lot of artists that come through here that are, that are very young, very green. And I tell them, dude, go listen to the interview with Cody because right. it's just that it's eye opening because you can be yourself. It's mm -hmm. going to be your, your, your trip down this road is going to be a lot longer if you're just yourself. And the, the same thing applies too. I mean, I, I hear it all the time, whatever we're doing and people are like, Oh, what are you, you guys should be, you should do the voice. You should do X, you should do American. It's got talent. And it's like, I try to tell people, I'm like, I realize that, you know, there's this whole idea that 
that there's one way to make it in the music business. And now ever since, you know, all those shows came along, people think, oh, this is how you make it. And Dave Grohl had an amazing post about that, you know, and, and his thing was like, no, you know, TV is not the way you need to get some friends, buy some instruments you can afford, get in your garage and suck for a long time. Absolutely. And then get out there and play a thousand terrible shows until you start to actually get some feet underneath you and your legs yeah. and understand what this is. I mean, you know, I look at TV all the time and, and you, you think about those shows and it's like, I can think of about two or three artists that had a legitimate career off of any of that stuff. I mean, yeah. most of it is just great TV drama, you know, and it's funny. It's it's, it's not how the music industry actually works. Go, go back to the year that, that uh, Carrie Underwood won, mm -hmm. the guy that came in second, Mr. Bo Bice. Right. I ain't heard shit from that dude. No. And, um, I always reference that, and I might say this again a couple more times in my lifetime, but my sister and I, when that was on, we made a bet. She picked Bo Bice, I picked Carrie Underwood, when there were still 20 people left mm -hmm. on that show. And the bet was 50 bucks, see who went further. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to double it up to see who became more famous, and I wouldn't do that to her. Mm. But I definitely won the bet. But if I would have done the second bet, my sister would owe me 100 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, but you would have won. That's a, that's a rough one. My cousin was on the road for with her for two years working on the crew, and... And I know a lot of a little bit more ins and outs of what those deals actually look like. <clears throat> I have a friend of mine who was on uh, Idol this year, and she was in the top fifteen or so. Girl from Utah, she's great, and uh, you know, I mean, she's just locked down, man. I mean, there's can't a, do can't nah, do anything, can't do much. Yeah, yeah. She's, it's a, it's a bummer because you look at that side of it, and that's when people say you should go on the show, but they don't they don't understand the business side of it all, right? Because you don't have to. I mean, if you won, that would be one thing, and at least with say a show like. America's Got Talent, you know, get a million bucks. I mean, sure, the, the government's going to take their cut, but you sure. walked away with a house or something nice, right. you know. But well, who's so, the guy that just won? Lane? What's it? Um, uh, is it the Idol? Or, Idol yeah. talking about? Lane. After my friend lost, I, I stopped watching. I I, some some kid won. His name is Lane. I think his name is Lane something. But mm -hmm. we they reached out to us to have him play here, mm -hmm. dude. They wanted like twenty twenty five grand. Oh, I'm like that's cute. Yeah, and you got to cool look story, at bro. Yeah, you got <laughs> you got to look at it too. And and I mean, if anybody wants to know who's really making the money on that show, look at Simon Cal network dude, <laughs> I mean, like he, the artists aren't you know that's that's they they own a big chunk and and i remember hearing the story when we were back in nashville about you know how kelly clarkson you know eventually got out of it. i remember when she got sued and how many millions of dollars she had to come out to try to 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 cut her own path afterwards you right know? and it was it was brutal it's a nightmare i mean you, yeah i'm i watch it every now and then just because i love to see these young kids that can sing but the, the reality of it is like we have so many emerging artists that come through here it's i, I get an, enough fun mm -hmm. for myself because sure. i enjoy that i'm the guy that that uh, i like the indie band once they get big i'm not too much a fan anymore mm -hmm. i mean I've said this before that people say, dude, would you want to interview like someone like Reba? And I'm like, absolutely not. Don't have an interest in it because she's been asked all the questions. Mm -hmm. Like, and she'd probably tell me what I can ask her. Yeah, That's exactly. I don't give a crap about that kind of stuff. It I want to know the rest of it, you know? It's interesting to see the the first time we went to Nashville, I'm sure Preston would agree, but the, with the idol and America's Got Talent and everything, my question always is, you know, do you like this guy because he's good? Or do you like him because the television told you to like him? Sure. And the first time we went to Nashville, <clears throat> I mean, you always think you've got something special, and we we believe that. But when you go to Nashville and and you can go down to Broadway and walk in any door and see countless dozens of people that are far and above more talented than anyone that's ever graced that television screen. I mean, we've seen it with our own eyes so many sure. times. The first time we went down there, I think we were both depressed for two weeks. Like, wow. 
what are we and what are we doing? Because <laughs> yeah. here's these guys playing for tips in some corner boot right. store. Yeah, and they're awesome. And they're amazing. Yeah. So I, I have my belief on this, and I don't think I'm wrong, but I'm going to stick with it anyway, that there's two types of musicians in this world. There's the ones that are going to play the Las Vegas Strip in the lounge, or they're going to play Broadway, that, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. or people like yourselves that are writing your own music. So I believe last time you played here, I wasn't here, and I said something to Jim that, I, I mean, I, some people, I always ask for feedback after from people that are, are regulars that are here, from staff and all that, and they say, oh, they played some covers. I, I told Jim straight up, I don't want you to play the covers. Yeah. I don't. One, two, three, what, whatever, just to keep them whatever, because you guys are newer, that you're not on the radio, they're not familiar with, or maybe they are, because I know you guys have a lot of people that travel in, in your group, but the end of the day is, I've had bands that have come here that, that they make their living on Broadway, I don't want them back here again. Right, you can go down to Broadway for that, or other strip. I, I mean, dude, exactly. so as good as they are on Broadway, mm -hmm. they're ten times better here. Right. I don't care what anybody says. You go into one of these lounges on the strip down here on a Friday or Saturday night, and go take a listen to one of these bands, I'm not saying they'll smoke the guys that are on Broadway, because there's some good players down there, but that's what these people do for a living, right. and here they get paid a lot more money. Oh, well, yeah. Down well, there, it's a, it's a grind. Yeah, that's the thing we love about, about Stoney's is, and that, for the record, we never got that memo before that show, and we're so used to... No problem. I mean, our bread and butter is, let's go do a festival, play all of our stuff, kick right. butt, take names, and leave an impression. Yeah. So when we, came, when we came down here the first time, we didn't do too many. I think we did three or four covers, but... A lot of places you go, they want that. Require it, dude. So I there's there. Okay, so uh, there's there's some venues on the on the west coast that want to book with us to save money with talent and all that kind of stuff. But I don't book the same bands that they book because they like to book cover bands. And mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's a struggle, but it's a struggle. I mean, unless yep. you're on the radio, those places really won't touch you. Right. But they'll they pitch me cover bands all the time, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't. I'm not interested in it. Yeah, we've all had opportunity along the way to to do that. You know that. I mean, there's so many people that are doing it and doing it well. It's I mean, short from, term. From a cover band to like even a tribute band. I mean, it's everywhere. And, yeah. And it's 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 sad. And it, you know that's like speaking back to Nashville. I, I you know, we go down there and, and it, whether we're writing or recording or whatever we're doing, and and we played a couple showcases on Broadway when we were there for CRS and stuff, but. When I walk up to these artists and they're playing an 11 a.m. lunch shift and the, the guy's amazing, maybe it's a duo or a girl or whatever, and they're actually, I've had a couple of girlfriends that I've had for years that sang down on Broadway and they're not even allowed to play their own music. Right. Unless they somebody, can... somebody asks for it. Yeah. So I'll wake up with a $20 bill and I'll throw it in their bucket. Oh, can I play something? You know, and they're waiting for me to say, you know, play some Luke Bryan or something. And I'm like, dude, I want to hear yours. Right. And their their eyes just like light up. And it's like, really? You know, is this surprising to them? And then they actually get like that brief moment where they play something. And it's always better. Right. Because when you wrote it yourself and you wrote it in your register and you wrote it from your, you know, from your heart or wherever, it's it's you. And so it's I'm always blown away. But it's it's uh, sad at the same time, like Jesse said, to, to see him, you know, just light up at the chance to be themselves for a minute yeah. uh, one of our last trips down there we went for the acm honors show and then after i ran into a guy that's, that's played here a, a few times and he, he met me at the hotel and he goes i swear to you i will never ever ever do this to you again ever and i go what's up man he brought a band that had allegedly sent me a whole bunch of emails and i just ghosted him so he was right. I did. I actually opened up my phone and looked at it. i was like oh dang that's <laughs> oops sorry you know busy guy yeah, my bad happens, but yeah. it was a lot. I felt yeah. I felt really bad. So he's like, uh, they're playing tonight. They're playing at, um, I think, Aldine's or something like that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be right across the street at Old Red. So I'll pop in and see him. Well, the first three songs they played were covers. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I went, I looked at him. I'm like, bro, I, I'm not interested. 
So he walked up to him, and it just so happened the lead singer's uh, wife or girlfriend was sitting with us. And I said, I want to hear originals. I could give two shits about the covers. I don't care. I'm just That's rude, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care. So they went and played an original. I was like, I like that. Another one. They played another one. I was like, cool, we'll be in touch. And I left. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to hear the covers. Like, the end of the day is I'm scared about a band that's making a living doing co- covers because yeah. it's going to be so natural and so easy. And I'm here to invest in your guys' future. Yeah, awesome. I mean, that's what that's what we're about. The end of the day is, I always say this: if you play here once, rad. If you play here twice, doing something right. Awesome. Period. End of story. Well, it's our second time. We're excited to be Boom. here. Boom. How about yeah, that? Yeah. How about oh, yeah. that? How, have you guys been together since day one? Yep. Yeah. Like dating room. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like blondes. Sometimes we sleep in the same bunk when we're lonely. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the big spoon. <laughs> Just had to throw that out there. Yeah. It's yeah, not the it's, first time I've thrown it out this week. It's a funny thing. <laughs> I'm going to keep beating it up till people believe it. It's been the same. Yeah, man. And it's crazy being, because you don't hear that kind of, you know, longevity out of, of a band. And I think that's one thing Jagertown's got that's, that's pretty special. And sometimes, you know, you get a little spoiled on on whatever and then we look back at where we came from and but then you think about the, the fact that you know we're talking so many artists in in nashville or, or wherever it's it's one guy it's two people it's a duo and, sure and then a bunch of hired guns and, right. and this is this is the same uh push from you know five members plus you know then you know jim and and, and anybody else that's on the peripheral but to have a band that's an, an actual band that everybody's kind of playing a role and and we're all going in the same direction instead of all the, I'm a hired gun. And sure. I, I well, there's a lot of I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of respect <clears throat> amongst it all. You know. Yeah, you have to you have to definitely try to keep that going because you're on moments. the road a lot. <laughs> We've had our moments, oh, I, dude. It's <laughs> tough though, man. I mean, you got to realize we spend more time, at least six months out of the year, we spend more time with each other than family. our family yeah. or significant other or whatever the case is. So, you got to make it work, right? Man, and we don't. It, it it's a marriage of five people and we ha- we have we've all identified where we clash and so you know w- whether that's politics or pop culture or whatever it is you just kind of yeah don't poke the bear you, you skirt those things you don't sure. poke that bear and and it's it's become real successful we got a rule at least i have a rule and and we've talked about it before like if you've got a problem and you don't say anything then you don't have a problem. No, you can't. Right? If you don't put it on the table, yeah. and we don't clear it. Then yeah. swallow it because it doesn't exist. You know, I, so I knew Jesse been very successful for it. I knew Jesse thought I was his real friend when he invited me on his first golf trip because that's how I knew. Oh, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in there. I printed him a sheet of rules. <laughs> don't ask about music. Don't talk about songs. Don't ask and, about. And the playing. very last one is I win. I win. Yeah. <laughs> He's a better golfer than me. Right? He used to be at least. I play army golf. Left, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, when you guys write, who writes? You guys write together? Do you just write? Do you guys do something completely different? When you guys go to Nashville, do you sit down with other with other people that write? Yeah. So, um, we're five albums deep now, and then a couple other singles. Um, the last album we did, I mean, you should try to be always the most proud of the last thing. I think you know, raising the bar. But the last album we did, we. We recorded in Nashville with uh, with Matt McClure. Did all Lee Bryce's stuff. Uh, he had a number one with Don Scott uh, a year or so ago. Another number one uh, with another artist. He's amazing, and uh, I sent him about twenty songs to pick the first four. And then you know, I up to this point, for the most part, I was writing what we were doing, and and I just write songs. I don't really 
think about, am I writing this for Jaegertown or is it just something else? But if I think it's going to work, then I'm bringing it to the band and we, we would mess with it. And I always told these guys, I was like, you got to hold my feet to the fire. Like, if this isn't any good and you guys are signing off on it, that's on you, you know? Yeah, you sure. Tell me. But sure. The last, <clears throat> so last, before we started touring this May, we got to go back to, uh, to Nashville and, and Matt, you know, we're, we're just talking about what's the next evolution, you know, how do we take this from where it is now to the next thing? And he, his response was, you know, I want you guys to, I want to put you with some writers. He's, right. You know, you've been, he was really complimentary about what we'd been able to do so far. And, and, um, <clears throat> you know, Blacktop, the latest single, I think it's one of the best songs we've done so far and everything too. But, but, uh, he's like, I think, you know, to, to go to that next level, we need to get in a room. So Jesse and I got to go back and, and, uh, in May before we started going on the road, uh, and we wrote with, uh, a guy named Stone Eiley, who's amazing. And, uh, <clears throat> Marty Dodson, who's at 12 number ones and, uh, and then Matt as well. And that was like going to songwriting school, man. Right. I mean, because I, I kind of, whatever my contribution is to the band, I don't, you know, I definitely don't know how to fix buses. I do drive <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and clean it on the regular. Right. But, uh, but that's kind of my, been my contribution to this point. But it was like, I know Jesse feels that way too. It was, it was like going to school. Whatever yeah. you thought you knew, you learned. Dude, I think interesting. that's got to be the best part of it. I mean, n- not saying that you don't do this for a living, but you go to a place and, um, I've had artists come in here before that will not write with other people. That's a mistake. It is a mistake. <laughs> I believe it's a mistake. But the reality is, is if you can go in with an open mind and um, take the chip off your shoulder, lose the ego, and go in and just be like, dude, you're clearly doing this. On a level. Yeah. A, a, for a living and right. making money at it. And, um, dude, why not progress? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we ended up – so the last four songs, and, and none of these have been recorded yet, and we're going back again in December – um, to write again and we're getting plugged in with some other great writers too. But, and then when it's time to record again, we'll kind of take a big picture, look at everything we've written and, and try to pick the cream of the crop and, and actually put it to wax. But are you going to do a full album again? Or are we going to do some singles? It's, it's, it's interesting. We thought about that. I, I, I mean, the way that the downloads and the streams and everything are now, it's, it's almost like, I mean, some of my favorite artists that are kind of newer right now, I mean, they're releasing one song at a yep. time. And I mean, so what's the point, you know, we don't, we don't, even do albums anymore i mean it's we do well, these little usbs and it's like you might as well keep them interested and, and i think trickle it out there you know? i would have to hope that you would get to a place where you're super happy with the complete project of an album mm-hmm. and then press it that that sort of thing because mm-hmm. people still consume that way I, i'm i mean i'm old school i'm an old dude but i just look at stuff and i still collect vinyl right. um austin jenks is a brand new artist he just put out an album called if you grow up like i did put it on vinyl I saw I an article while we were riding in the bus today that said that this is the first year, I think, in 50 years where vinyl is going to outsell CDs. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? Well, because you think about it. People don't really buy CDs anymore. Right. They stream everything. Stream everything. Everything's super digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is your new c- CD. Mm-hmm. But you get vinyl, and I think it's really, I mean, there's a reason why vinyl stores, there's still one in every city you, you go to, because people consume it still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I chase it. Every new city I go to, one of the first thing I do is I look for the vinyl store, and I'll go in kind of have a photographic memory of what I have at home. And I have a lot of vinyl at yeah. home, but I'll go through and be like, I, I can't sit there and tell you, oh, well, I need this one album called this by this art. I don't do that. I'll go through and go, I don't have that one. And kind of yeah. see what they got. Yeah, but a lot of the newer artists, Stephanie Quell put out a single on vinyl, and we love it. I mean, it's awesome. just kind of the attitude that we have to it, whether we put it on the wall. I always ask for two. Mm-hmm. If you're going to send me one, send me two. I yeah, want one to keep. Keep one to play. Wall, one one to, play. to play. Yeah, I got a pretty cool record player at home in... Uh, Every time I post a picture of or a video of something playing, people go, cool song. Where the hell did you get that record player at? <laughs> but, I mean, for me, it, it, it engages people in a, in a sense to listen. And, and um, you get a, 
vinyl takes you back. It just yeah, does. It's awesome. And I, I love that people are doing that because it's, it's something tangible. We did a thing uh, for the last couple of singles. We had an artist um, compose some, some cover art. Right. They were called Litho Lyrics, and this was a gym thing. Uh, and so for every single that we released, there was an original piece of artwork, almost, almost like a vinyl. And we, were, you know, we sell those at shows, and then we would sign them. And, and it was really cool. And it was thematic with the song, right. you know, whatever the song was. People responded well. Oh, they oh, loved yeah, it. it. was great. Yeah. So we had, we had this Wait a minute, Jim had an idea that worked? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't let him hear that. He'll, he'll, he'll throw some more out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the album artwork on one side. The cool thing about it, you turned it over. Lyrics? And the, the lyrics were there. And the actual studio. Uh, studio. Yeah. Oh, so nice. when you go into a studio, they transpose yep. everything into a number system so you can everyone can read and play at the same time. So the number sheet was there. The chart from the studio was there. And the lyrics were there. And then on the other side was smart. And actually That's was badass. a really so, successful thing we did. It's really it's a bad awesome. reflection of my penmanship. So <laughs> Dude, so downstairs when we leave here, we'll peek our head into uh, the owner's office here. He's got one of those on the wall. We went into a session, a recording session at Southern Grounds mm-hmm. with uh, Tony Jackson. And uh, he got one of the original papers, took a picture of himself in the studio ball, and put awesome. it in this this art thing. I mean, yeah. in this wall piece, and it, it's it's badass. Yeah, I those mean, they have some. It, it's, I think, uh, like you said, people are wanting to get back to it because it's something tangible. Sure, you know, you can hold it. I I remember, you know, I worked in a, a CD store back in the day, and and they actually let us take our. Uh, pay out in merch yeah and so there was a couple of paychecks there where i had taken more than i made but uh you know it was awesome because you would you know you used to have to buy the album to get the songs that's that the you single wanted. And, yeah. and then you would find gems and nuggets on there that you weren't planning on and yeah. anymore people just go i mean i think 2017 was the first year not one album full album went platinum but like 17 singles there was not that's one crazy. album that sold a million copies of anything it was just singles and so now people are just it's that McDonald's, I want just this, right? Nothing else. A la carte. Yes, a la carte. Dude, it's kind of funny because the majority of the artists I talk to, they kind of explain it the same way that they they want to do one or two like every other month, that sort of thing, and just kind of because you keep them engaged. But mm-hmm. my attitude is, once you do that, you put it all out there. Um, do you guys have everything that you've done on digital Spotify? I mean, yeah. Every, well, no, that's not. We don't. So we released a thing earlier this year. It was called Lucky Thirteen. So it was, it was, uh, you know, having five albums. There was only, I think, three of them on there. So the, another, we did like thirteen tracks off of the old records, and then we we're going to do another release to digital of the old, some other old stuff right. that wasn't on digital. So there, there was a, there's a time, and there's still songs that you you can't get because they were just on CD. Yeah, and I mean that's what happens when you've been a band for longer than the streaming was a, a thing you had albums that didn't get streamed because they sure. were actual cds but yeah back to that songwriting thing i, I was thinking you know we were, we were talking about with with that when we went back there i think for me one thing i took away and i, I was just wanted to say it before we lost it was you know we did four songs on the last songwriting trip and they were all when you were saying you know people don't want to write with other people well they were all songs that i had an idea for in fact one of them came together while we were there uh, the night before we went in for our last day and I think it ended up being my favorite song that we did but none of the songs that I had written or thought I had written they're so much better so yeah. if you're if you if anybody has apprehension about well should I open myself up to uh, what this could become I mean man I was blown away like you said with these people that you know have a track record and they do this for a living I mean the songs I thought were done quote unquote not I mean, even close not even close well, and some of yeah some of the 
the chorus became the verse, and, yeah. the, and the new chorus came out, and it, it was Dude, it was an incredible experience. Man. I would guess that outside looking, at, I've watched Songland a few times. I don't know if you guys have seen that show. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. For me, what was super neat about that show is there's a girl named Olivia Lane that's been around. She kind of went on a hiatus for a while, mm-hmm. ended up on that show just a month ago. And for me, it was neat because I know her. So to be able to watch her and see the song progress and see that these people care about music and but it's probably no different than the writers for me that was an open door i always said i want to be a fly on the wall when some of these artists go in and write and just see what the experience is because a lot of them say that it's like a first date you sit down and you're just feeling each other out oh yeah it's kind of awkward and weird and you get definitely i mean it 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 definitely took and for whatever like preston said he's he's pretty much carried the songwriting on this band up until six months ago yeah and somewhere in the back of my cobweb mind has always been this, when is that well going to run dry notion? But it sure. hasn't yet. But it was a great experience to go back. And like he said, we're going back again. It was a little bit strange because you're in the room with three or four people, me and him and two other people writing. But you get to a point where you just realize everyone's either just as uncomfortable as you or you don't really care anymore. And so these ideas just start flowing. So that right. fly on the wall would probably be looking around going like, what in the hell are these people talking about? Because you're just Dude. throwing words and ideas and phrases and somebody about like, oh, yeah, but then and it, it's, it's really creative and yeah. cool. And every writer brings a totally different energy. I know for me, you know, I was talking to Matt before we went out and I was like, what is this going to be like? I mean, I've co-written with a few people over the years, but very, very few. And, and you know, when I looked at the pedigree of the people we were writing with, I mean, these, these yeah, are people it's who... it's got to be daunting. Yeah, man. it was like go shooting three-pointers with Jordan or something, you know, I was like, man, this is going to be, you know, better be on your A-game. And so I try, we try to show up as prepared as you could, but but there was a lot to learn. And I think that's how you have to come in is just, like, take the ego out of it. Yep. You know what I mean? And and it is a little bit, um, it's definitely uncomfortable, you know, because... Remember- you're talking about heartfelt, I mean, you could walk in with something that, that crushed you, right, that literally sure. crushed you. Sure. And well, you've, got to open, you've got to open the book yeah, and, and, and you let can't, everybody read it. And well, just- and your guys' relationship is probably fine, but knowing that you're walking into a room with two, two other people or three other people that have no idea anything about right, you right. that do this for a living, you're probably thinking that they might, oh, I don't know, maybe judge you. That'd be the first thought I would have is mm-hmm. that this guy's going to think I'm, you know, I'm weird because I'm sensitive towards this or because I... Right. But. We wrote this song. I'll tell you this story. This is funny. So I had this idea for this, this song called Say It Like You Mean It, and we wrote it. I had the, I had the idea. I thought it was going to go a certain way, and it's a, it's a funny premise of a song, but... Marty walks in and, and, and with everything that he's done, all the stuff that he's written for people. And I'd never met him face to face, read all about him and everything. He walks in with his guitar, puts his guitar down. And the way that they, these guys do it in Nashville, I mean, he didn't even take his guitar out of his case. So we sent him the lyrics. He's sitting at his station. I'm sitting on the couch. I don't even have a laptop. I have my phone and my guitar. Jesse's on another chair with his guitar. Matt's at the computer. And everybody gets a blast of the lyrics. And he's sitting there and he's like, well, Let's hear what you got, you know? So I, I, he, I was like, do you want me to set the song up? and kind of, No, I just want you to play it. Good. Yeah, because I mean, and that's, that's how it would be. You know, you're not going to be able to get on radio and say, hey, this song is about right. this and this. You just play yeah, they it. Better, you better put it out there yeah. for somebody <laughs> to hear. And I think that's where Marty's head was too. Like, no, play what you got. Yeah, Let's so see we, if it sucks. We played it, and while I'm playing it, he's reading it. And, you know, this is a guy that's done everything he's done. And I'm, I, after I played it, I just kind of... Sat back, you know, and I'm looking around. And he looks up, he has his hand on his face like this, and his glasses pulled down, and he's reading it. And he sits back and does one. He says, That's pretty cool, man. 
He's like, let's write this song. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then so we we jumped into it and, and, and wrote it. And I'm excited to see if we do it. You know, I, I think it's so really do cool. you so, do you do you guys walk out of something like that? In, encouraged in a sense that maybe you're you're writing up better or you can't wait to get back in there and do it again i mean both yeah i mean we i like you said going in i think and i was i i, I could say i got to be way more nervous than preston was because he's done a lot more i was freaking out like why am i here yeah. and i wrote some stuff years ago in rock bands and rock lyrics are a whole different story they don't have to mean anything but i went in there really nervous but i think the first night out of there and especially the second night out of there, we were staying in an Airbnb in Nashville. We were like a couple of kids that just found a new video game. That's, right. You know, I mean, we were we were I'm pumped sure. and just bouncing ideas. And it was really cool. You know, I don't think, I mean, speaking to people who don't like to write with other folks, especially in the music business and probably in life, there is no more bigger poison than thinking that you're the best at what you do. Dude. If you think you can't learn from someone yeah. somewhere, you're on the wrong path, bro. Yeah, and all you got to do is look at every, you know, song that you probably love that's playing anywhere. And I mean, at least in country music, I mean, it's it's it would be surprising to see a song that had less than three writers on Dude, it. Dude, greatest thing in the world. So, uh, my best friend lives in Denver. Uh, he's a musician. He's older. Um, doesn't play. Played the drums, right? Um, Twenty years ago, I had a website here where uh, independent bands uh, hit. We nicknamed him Travis the Intern. And I would give him the music, and he would write re reviews of it. Well, he started doing it again for me mm -hmm. here. So I have a couple on Toad's Tunes that attach themselves to an artist that's just, hey, man, this is our um, our intern, and this is his outlook on the music. It's never anything bad or anything like that. It's just a different take. Well, I didn't realize this, but Michael Ray's Amos album, he didn't have a hand in one of those songs, mm -hmm. not one. Sells every single one of them at a show, like he wrote every single one of them, and I think that's what's pretty rad about country. One of my favorite things about it is that you can you can you can take and go look through these books of music or hear these pitches of songs and go, I went through that, I went through that, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can relate to that, and if you can, then you can turn around and sell it like it's, yep. and that's what I love about. You can take your rock stuff because, like you said, the lyrics really don't right. matter. Hip hop's about whatever dope they're smoking that day or whatever whatever's cool that that day, and it trends. It go goes through trends. I'm looking for that country music that um, that's going to last a lifetime. Right. And um, I preach that to my kid, and it's just like w one of those things is music is it does go full circle if it's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll listen to the dance and the river. Yeah, it's not going forever. Away. Forever it's not going away. Yeah. I won't listen to Red Solo Cup forever, but. I sit back and like it's about I, I listen to a lot of old like Doobie Brothers stuff that will last forever Eagles music that will last forever mm -hmm. and that's what I'm looking for from that whole thing that's when I say a person like you say a, a person that has that chip on the shoulder about writing you need to go out there and you need to look at other stuff yeah. I mean I would have to say that a bunch of the artists today that are coming out with their with their own stuff are writers first mm -hmm. and a that's a ton are. of them are dude yeah. yeah we played with Devin Dawson this summer and right? you know he's got I mean. He wrote God's Country. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he's got he's got a nice little stable of stuff that he's writing, and then you know, and then he's got his own stuff. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of sometimes am apprehensive to say about it, but the songwriting aspect and the creating aspect in the studio is probably my favorite part. I was I mean, we played so many. It's always shows. my next one. Do you love the writing? Do you love the recording? Or do you love the playing? Writing. Yeah. For for me, writing. I mean, I. I would be just as happy uh, if, you know, and the funny thing about writers is you, you could run into these guys that have written 
you could name their songs, but you don't know what their face looks like. No, no, no idea. So one of the things that we've tried to do here, like in Nashville, it's very common to get a writer's round. And these mm-hmm. people that are, that are writers that, I, I, it's, I hate to say it, they're n- nobody's in the consumer's world because sure. they have no idea who these people are. Right. But in Nashville, they support it like crazy. So we tried to do some stuff here. We flew out the, the, the writers and we did this thing. Nobody gives a shit. They just don't care because yeah, at the end know. of the day, they're all so focused on, oh, I know that song on the radio. Like you take Hardy, CJ Solar, and you take this song by Florida Georgia Line called Up Down. Nobody cares about anybody else but Florida, Florida Georgia Line. Line. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And is that Up Down? No, that's, is that right? They, right. they did Morgan Whalen. Morgan Wallen. That's yeah, what Wallen. it was. Sorry, my brain farted. I there. say that yes. wrong every time. Yeah, we'll jerk. get there. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the idea is that they, they don't care about the CJ Solar or the, the Hardy of the world. All they care about is the Morgan Wallen because he's mm-hmm. the one that made it famous. And yeah. you sit back and, but then the flip to that is, uh, I'm friends with CJ. I went and saw him one time at the Wild Horse playing, and he played up down, and I was like, no, that song's not for you, dude. Don't do that. Yeah, it's amazing. But but then the reverse goes true. Like my personal heroes like stapleton you know? oh yeah and he was in town for 10 or 12 years before anybody really cared too much i mean he was doing his he was doing you know uh, steel drivers and and jeff king who kind of co-produces our record he's he comes down here and lives for a few weeks because he's a guitar player for reba and for brooks and dunn right. and he helped co-produce our records and then he's actually married to uh stapleton's um, fiddle player from uh, Steel Driver. So when I found that out, he's telling us all these stories. But you know, I remember watching videos of Chris long ago. He's wearing glasses. He's sitting on some stool and he's talking about, oh yeah, this is, you know, he plays. I can't remember which song it was. And you know, oh, this is the first song that somebody cut of mine and you know bought me a house and it was it was awesome. But back then, no, there was probably ten people in the audience. Nobody cared, right? You know, and now the guy's he's the best thing out as far as I'm concerned. You know, but he was living that life, writing these songs. When I heard his version of Drink a Beer instead of Luke Bryant's and yeah. he wrote the song, I was like, oh, my God. You know, Dude, but he can go both ways. He can write it and sing it better than whoever sure. cut it. Look at, look at um, mm-hmm. um, Sam Hunt. Mm-hmm. And you go to, I don't know if you guys have listened to Behind the Pines. Acoustic. So. All acoustic. Oh, I've seen him. Do, yeah, yeah. Dude, okay, no, yeah. no. There's uh, Keith Urban's Cop Car. Mm-hmm. He wrote it. Uh, um, Mike, uh, William Michael Morgan's I Met a Girl. He wrote it. So go listen to behind Billy Currington. Like if you go listen to that album, you're like, holy, holy cow. Cause it's just him and a keyboard. Right. That's it. And you're just like, holy, holy, holy cow. Right. I look at a guy like Ray Fulcher. I don't know if you know who, who that is. I don't think so. Ray Fulcher. Mm-hmm. He came here, ACMs, brought him out, um, plays his music. Uh, Luke Combs last album, he had five number ones on it. How many did Ray write? All five. Yeah. Wow. You just sit back and you go, what, what the, I, b- I believe it's five. I might be wrong, but I, it's a lot. Yeah. In his new album, he's got like six or seven cuts off of it. Jeez. And you just sit back and go, dude. And then he's got his own music that, and he's such a humble dude that, I mean, I looked at Josh Miranda just, what, two weeks ago, and I was freaking out because I'm like, dude, you wrote what? Like, and yeah. here you are. His first time ever headlining a show was here two weeks ago. Oh, that's and so cool. That's what I love about Stoney. It's my, it's my favorite thing about it is he's, we get these people in the green and nobody gives a shit. That's why I have my issues with certain things with terrestrial side of life is, right. dude, like Austin Burke, you guys know who that is? No? Yeah. 50 million streams, probably more than that of his first single on Spotify. Wow. He just signed a deal with uh, Thomas Rhett's new label. Nice. He's the first guy that's that's on there. Huge, huge, huge. I sent him a DM said, dude, I want you to come play Stoney's. First, first real show he ever played was right here. Wow. And I just sit back, and he's been here three or four times since then. But you just sit back and go, man, that, that's kind of the attitude that we have towards it is, you, I, I love your, your thing. Dude, where were you? 
when I was working. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were I mean, talking about that before the recording. But, yeah. It was a but special what, venue in that way, man. I mean, there's, from a band standpoint or an artist standpoint that's that's doing original music, to, you know, to be able to come in and, and play it and show it off and, you know, I mean. And have people listen. And have people listen, yeah. It's awesome. There's nothing better for me and people are like, what's your favorite thing, you know, about being a musician? I mean, the writing of the song, but then, you know, if you take it to the live aspect and, you know, having the last couple of years of, of actually some, some songs getting some spin and some play. And then when you travel and you meet people that drove two hours to come see you and then, you know, they're sitting there singing. If they know every word, they listen to it a lot. Absolutely. Which is amazing. Dude, you know, last so weekend, awesome. Jackson Mickelson played here and some chick wrote me on the Stoney's Instagram page and said, how do I get me and Greek passes? I'm driving from Salt Lake. And I went, you're doing what? And you guys got people that are coming down from Salt Lake, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's that's what music is all about. If you guys, I don't, if you guys can touch someone in that manner to where they're mm-hmm. going to travel that much. I yeah. mean, look at the success of the festivals and the people that go to these things. Mm-hmm. You guys, so you guys played Country Fan Fest. I'm assuming you mm-hmm. played it a, a few times. We've yeah. been there since the beginning. Yeah, we've kind of been their uh, flagship band. I mean, they're on the side of the bus. Hal and the whole family. I mean, they've really, he's a neat dude. He's awesome. Yeah, he's been in our corner. Um, for the whole time and we you know back and forth so we we travel around and, and to watch what that's gotten built into huge it's it's, oh, it's incredible it's awesome yeah. but yeah so we we uh we're kind of their i don't i don't know what the mascot yeah I mean, good word yeah. it's not a bad yeah. thing dude i mean look what we, you guys uh, we call it we're the ambassadors of country ambassadors. There, we, there you go we travel the country and chirp from the corner about it yeah. there ain't nothing wrong with there, that there, i mean hal is, is an amazing individual and I got to spend some time with him. He's great. I got to. It was neat. I was I was in the back talking to him. He's actually loading all the signed guitars into his truck. So me and my daughter were just having to go back there. She wanted to go to the restroom, um, so we went back there and we just started helping him load his stuff. And some, we were t- talking about some things. And some people came up and I go, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go." He goes, "Don't go. I'm not done." Yeah, just a neat guy. Yeah. When they left, we continued he to talk about some is, stuff. Man. And, he's a, he's a real dude. Yeah. yeah that was awesome. interesting. He's 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 so he's such a real guy. Which is and we have a thing we called the 99% rule in the music business, which only about 1% of the people you meet have anything realistic. I'm wording this differently because I don't know what kind of uh, fine. regulations we have. But what we like to say 99% of the people are out there to fuck you over and they'll do it while they're looking you in the eye. Sure. Hal's a one percenter, but he's such a realistic guy. When we first engaged with him five, six years ago, I sat with him in our old tour bus after a show that he was just attending. He didn't have anything to do with and we just talked. And and he told me right to my face, like, I would love, you know, I got some things I'm looking at doing. I got this Bullshit. stuff I want to do. And he, said, <laughs> and he told me flat out, I want to get to know you. Yeah. And when I get to know you, then we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, I, and I, that's literally how it happened. It took about a year and a half of getting to know him on, on one level or another. And it's just because he's very protective of who he lets in his circle. Dude, absolutely. And as are we. So. I, I got a great analogy story that goes along with that. Uh, you talked about Dave Roll earlier. Um, I don't know if you know who Tim Montana is. I think I might have mentioned mm-hmm. that. I've heard yep. that name. Yeah. So Tim's got some weird friends. Charlie Sheen's his friend. Nice. Um, uh, Travis Pastrana's one of his good friends. Than Charlie Sheen. No, it does not. Th- that's who's in his new video. His latest video is Ch- Charlie Sheen. But he hangs out with Kid Rock. He just hangs out with some random people. He was playing a show somewhere, and Dave Grohl happened to walk in, just wearing a hat, cigarette, you know, walked up, and I guess um, Timmy kind of screwed the pooch and was just like, dude, like, whatever. And he's like, you want to play? And he's like, absolutely. So I guess Tim leaned back to him and said, hey, man, um, do you want to play Smells Like Teen Spirit? And Dave Grohl looked at him and goes, absolutely not. 
It's like, cool. Turn around. They played whatever they played. Well, after that, they walked and they talked. They, 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 they got to know him. Tim tells the story of how uh, he tells him, my bucket list is to open for you guys to play a show, blah, blah, blah. And Dave says, I want to get to know you. One of these shows, you pick one. Bring your wife. We'll hang yeah. out because my group is a family. If you fit into the family, then you're part of my group sort of thing. And now they hang out all the time. Cool. He went to his 50th cool birthday. Friend. and I mean, but that's what... That's what uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher of this, this country music thing. Uh, I say this all the time. One of my favorite things is, is that in this genre, like no other genre, if you have friends that are in a band and they put out a single, you naturally share it with your fan base. Just, right. You just do it. And um, there's, you can't tell me one other genre that does it because every other genre is afraid of what you can do. They're jealous right, or they're scared. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the one where it's uplifting and people like Hal... Um, he was just a neat dude. He welcomed us with open arms. Had no idea who we were. Heard of Stonies. Never heard of Country AF Radio. But he knows who we are now. And we're good people. I mean, the, the attitude we have is like, uh, our motto is we want to give you a place to play. We want to give you an outlet to be heard. Um, um, we want you to keep coming back and do what yeah, you guys do. It's awesome. It's 360. We had a young artist, a friend of ours from Salt Lake, when we were did our first cut at Ocean Way um, last, last year um, before Rearview came out. And he... Young kid, I've been knowing him since he was sixteen. What's that? What's his name? His name's Carver Lewis. Yeah, we play him. Yeah, Carver's a change up. Yeah, Carver came out to Nashville and just to just to see it and experience it. And I've been knowing him since he was a kid, just giving him pointers and stuff. So it's it's fun to watch him grow. In fact, we wrote a song, uh, and he when he played at Fan Fest this year, he was up there and he couldn't see me in the sea of girls that were up front cheering him for him. But I was in the back, and he was like, "Yeah, we." You know, Preston wrote this while we were out in Nashville, like standing in between waiting for Meter to play drums and Liz to do her thing. We were on the roof of Ocean Way writing the song. So it's it's cool to watch other people. I'm a if if something's good and, and you know, you make that relationship, it's like I'm a, definitely don't be afraid to share it. I'm always amazed when you find something that you love. I love when you find people aren't quite there yet and you're like, Have you heard of this? But have you heard of this? And then yeah. you get a share it around. Dude, well, I, I think Going back to the old styles of music, I mean, I haven't always listened to country. I have, but I haven't. Oh, it's not always been my thing. Another artist come through here that that used to be in a rock band be, before, and we he got signed to a deal. And some of the people that were on his label were bands that I still listen to today. Mm-hmm. That it was just kind of funny that everyone has a history. I mean, that's where it all starts. I'm sure that, like, what got you to play music? So yeah, uh, that's a that's a funny story. But I I um. Grew up in Hawaii, and my, my mom and dad always sang. And then we moved back to Utah, and my mom and dad, my mom started uh, the, was one of the first people to bring karaoke to the bars in Utah. And so I was always listening to them sing. But then, you know, you're talking about working with other people. I mean, I used to, I had a rock band in high school, and then I went a whole other direction, and I sang, like, pop and R&B. And, uh, and I toured around. I've actually played... Uh, for a hip hop station out at UNLV that a huge hip hop show. And I was, opening, right. I was opening for naughty by nature and, and this is back in the jaw rule days. And right. Mix a lot is a good friend. I talked to him yesterday on the phone actually for, and uh, he produced my old records. So it's, that's how I got into it. I mean, I was always in bands and then writing songs and I, I listened to country and the first stuff I can ever remember from my memory in Hawaii was my dad listening to Don Williams. I mean, that was like the first country I ever, right. first music I can remember, but I never really thought, would get into it and then, then like i told you before with the song the songwriting thing happened and i know jesse would tell the same story because you know he was doing that's how we all met we were all in different rock bands right at the time and uh, somebody had a bright idea of i'm thinking i'm gonna do a country thing and i was like i like country but i just don't know yeah. you know and then we heard it and we we're like i think we're onto something here you know 
Besides. What started you? I was I was just washed in the blood of it, man. Everybody, interestingly enough, so my father and mom never played an instrument. My dad has seven siblings, all of which play. My grandmother played. My grandfather played on both sides. Everyone was a musician, so just skipped your dad. Yeah, I never did ask him. One of these days, I'll ask him why he never played. But so, like, my family reunions are literally a setup backline, and we just go for five <laughs> hours, and you just right. switch people out and jam. I missed it this year, but so I was always born into it. You know, it's just it's always been around me. Um, the only formal training I ever had in music was playing drums, which I took from my cousin drum lessons who's five years younger than i am but he's an amazing drummer he taught me to play the drums does he still so, play <clears throat> they still play yeah but more just you know tour and that kind of thing but right i've always you know i mean it's just i don't i can't imagine there was never life for me without music so it was more a matter of what are you going to do i actually started out drumming i played drums in the first three or four bands i was ever in wow so you know and then you never I don't know. I can go back. I tell the story on occasion to the time one of my uncles used to go out. He had a band. He was a bass player. And this is the first band I ever played bass in, Jaegertown. So. But long story short is I remember the instance when I was about six sitting on a floor of a lodge up in the cabin, up in the canyons where my uncle's band would play. And my dad had taken us all up and watching him play Haggard and sing Oki from Muskogee. And, you know, we don't smoke marijuana and I, maybe I just like that. I don't know, but <laughs> I sat there and watched him play that song, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a musician. That's yeah. what I'm gonna do." And for years, I thought until when I found out that that guy's name was Merle Haggard, I thought he stole my uncle's song. Oh, dang, <laughs> for reals? Yeah, how cool! Is but that? I was a little kid, you know. Sure. I thought this is my uncle. He's a yeah. rock star, dude. This my is what, my uncle wrote the coolest song so ever. Was, it's, I've just always been around it, man. When I first met Jesse. He was fronting a, a rock band. In you were a singer? Utah yeah. County. Yeah, and they were big, man. They were We were opening for them. They had a huge following. It was pretty heavy stuff. When the, yeah. I think my favorite thing is when like uh, Granger comes through here and his drummer used to be in a, a punk rock band or something like that. And I just love watching that aspect of it because I, for me, adding just uh, uh, a different element to the country takes it away from traditional, which... I don't dislike traditional, but I'm more. I like the new country stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, I mean, I went. I grew up in a. When we moved back, I I went to high school in a town with like less than three thousand people, and so I mean, we're surrounded by farms and stuff. But I, I don't have a twangy speaking voice. Per right, se. right. <laughs> you know? It would be strange. I would be. You know, we played a show. That was funny, but we we played a show, uh, a country fest this year, a huge uh, festival out in Wisconsin, and uh, we. Played the same night with uh, Luke Bryant was a headliner and uh, Cole Swindell and Neil McCoy and and our guitar player Scotty was played with Neil for ten years. Oh wow! Yeah, and so um, now Neil came over and and you know if you've ever even seen Neil McCoy and, and we've we opened a few shows with him years ago and so he remembers his stuff and I pulled him aside and we were laughing you know to hear him talk he's from he's from Texas yeah, so yeah he's, he's, he's super he's nice thick, guy though super thick accent but I, I pulled him on the side I said Neil we gotta be like the only two Filipino country singers in the whole industry man this is amazing <laughs> he's like I think you're right <laughs> we are laughing about we it we had him here a couple years ago for NFR and he was uh, walking around in his sweats yeah, like in the afternoon, just a super neat dude. He's cool. Well, that's because yeah. his pants are so tight. He's got to relax sometimes. <laughs> you know? He stays in shape, man. He can pull it off, dude. He's a lean dude. I guess something either that or he doesn't eat. Yeah, right. Yeah. What do you guys got going on for the rest of the year? 
Yeah, so like we talked about going back to Nashville in December. Uh, so we have another writing session. This this is really like the tail end. After we play here, we've got one more show back our direction. And I, I book a quote-unquote vacation, and it's supposed to be when we're all kind of done touring. But this we went late into the year and played more shows and put more miles in than I think we ever have this year. And Good. So, That's a positive yeah, thing. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's it for it to go this late in the season. So we've got um, some more stuff you know, in the, in the West, um, uh, kind of local. And then, like I said, riding in Nashville and then we're and already, everything's, you know, starting to get booked up for next year. But this time of the year is, is kind of, yeah, everybody you know, lays low as it comes yeah, to the holidays. Do you guys do, do you guys do a new year's thing up in Salt Lake? Yeah, try you not know, to. <laughs> we used to, but we try not to. Yeah. New Year's is one of those funny things, man. People, I mean, everybody's going out, so nobody's going anywhere. Does right. that make sense? Sure like, does. Yeah. Like everyone's they, got something to do already. Right. And it's like bar hopping or, or they're going to this party, but they can only stay for 15 minutes or they're going to this, this show, but they're not really staying. It's like, where else can you go on New Year's? You know? I want to say last year at, 10.30, my girlfriend and I, and she bought the little bottles at Target for a buck of the champagne. I think it was like 10.30, went, good night. We yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you know you're a veteran. Yes. Yeah. The more you do in the summertime, man, and we've been so busy this year in the past couple of years, like you, a big part of, of keeping the family together is you've got to recognize, gotta be you've got to have some downtime. Yeah. You have to, because yeah. you'll burn that candle at both ends. I'm going, I'm, when, we, when the bus gets back home, we'll literally be home for 12 hours. I'm playing a show. I'm getting in the car and I'm driving to California. I've rented a beach house. I'm surfing for a week. So I might have been looking forward to this. You surfed behind a boat yet? No, I haven't. But my trainer, uh, you were talking about what else would you do if you didn't do music before you started. But um, my trainer uh, trains me for MMA and boxing and stuff. He, uh, He just bought a surfboat. So he lives right next to a, a, a you know, up in the mountains in Utah. It's a beautiful place, and his barn he's converted to a gym. But he's got this brand new surfboat that he just showed me last year, and he lives right by a lake called Pineview. And he's like, "Dude, we're surfing this year. It's gonna be amazing." So I've it. never boat surfed. I've only real surfed. It's, it's all I've done. Looks super fun, dude. It is. Uh, I can't believe how slow it goes to create that wake. Uh, cool. I do. I think I bumped this summer to like eleven two, but I bought a surfboat. We actually, uh, my girlfriend and I bought a. Um, we bought a Tahoe boat just to see if we go to the lake a couple mm-hmm. years ago. We went every single weekend. And then I bought one of those little wedges that you suction cup to the side of the boat. Mm-hmm. And it gave me about a foot and a half, too. It was a joke. And then my mom, who is a CPA, and she's full-blooded Italian, but she should have been Jewish because she's the cheapest lady I ever met. <laughs> so I take her to the boat place and show her the boat. Oh, did she no, she no, she looks at me and she goes, you only live once, son. Buy the oh, boat. Nice. And I went... I'm buying this boat. I'm buying the boat. So I bought well, a Malibu. Nice. Uh, um, it is the, uh, you find your setting, you press a button, it saves it. So the next time you go, you hit load, load toads setting and it fills up the ballast. It picks the side, puts it on cruise control. So I say hit it. She goes like this. Doesn't matter where she puts the throttle, it goes right to where it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. And then, but for me, it's, it's, uh, you're, Dude, your escape might be in the ocean. I'd be too too worried about a shark biting my ass. But um, <laughs> I get out in the lake, and there's days I'll ride, and she'll just go, um, are you done yet? Right. And I'll be like, say that again. I'm leaving you at home. <laughs> Little does she know I can't leave her at home because she drives. That's right. But to drive. I'll pressure her into that. You know? That's but, awesome. Dude, it's in. So we just looked at New Year's. We're going to Nashville uh, for a wedding, and we're staying at the Opry. And we know that they just opened up the surf park. Well, I was looking at photos of it today. They have the, the surf thing there. Oh, cool. But I'm like, dude, that just seems to be cold. No, it's oh. indoors. Oh, it's one of those, yeah, wave riders. Yeah, yes, that yes. you see on the boats. Yeah. But it's the dude. It's at the Opryland. It's all indoors. And Opryland's the only, cool. The only, the only thing, only way you can go there is if you have a room there. Mm-hmm. It's the only way you can get into this water park. But they have that thing, and I'm like, I keep telling him, I can't wait to ride that thing. But now I, I looked at it today, I'm like, man, that water's only like this. 
And yeah, and that thing is is spongy. Like, so you watch people take biffs when they just kind of bounce and, right. and they get back on. I'm looking forward to doing it, but at the same time, I'm like, it's not as cool as your boat. Though. No, I yeah. love being behind my boat. I get to listen to music. Mm-hmm. My cell phone's not ringing. Yep, I got everything on. I don't have to worry about you. Yeah, our friend had a, posted a video of him. Like, it, I mean, the way that it's moving, like he just he cruised right up. Somebody handed him a beer yep. off the back of the boat, and then he just keeps surfing. He's drinking his beer, and that's like that's amazing. And from like going to surfing, like like being from Hawaii, and I went home before we started going on the road. And I was like, man, I'm going back to some Hawaii waves. Like, I have got to get in shape because yeah. they are big. They were, Dude, I, and I told fast. This, yeah, I told a story yesterday. Somebody was asking me about surfing, and I was like, there was one time over my vacation earlier this year where I, I went out in something that was much bigger than I was probably prepared for. When you try to take the first wave in a set, if you if you pitch and don't make it, then there's like two or three more coming. And I was under the water so long. I mean, it washing machines you, and I was like, which way's up, which way's down? Right. No, Can't be under here much more, much longer otherwise. And I popped up. I was like, I'm going to paddle in for a while. Because some of those breaks are 300 yards offshore. So you are paddling for a while. Nope. Yeah. It's a little... It's, nah. Boat sounds nice is what I'm trying to Dude, say. Dude, it's... <laughs> you know what? It is... It is... It's forgiving. Um, if you fall, you don't have to do all the work. I mean, I got to the point now where I can literally... The, the, we'll hit the wake and I'll just drop the board in and mm-hmm. I'll lean on the back of the board and I'll just slide right in. When I'm done, I can come to the back of the boat, yeah. step off of it. There's times I'll ride, I don't even get my hair wet. It's just kind of like... It's that freedom of fun, but I just want to keep progressing with it. But you guys, I know that when you surf a wave, you're, you're ripping. Like, those guys are going fast. Oh, yeah. I don't... The drop is what probably... Dude, screw that. Is... Well, everyone says <laughs> that the difference... I've gotten up on a big board before mm-hmm. in Huntington Beach. Um, like, I mean, a really big board my, my first time. And I got up. It was... I didn't get the rush that I'm getting behind my board, probably because I didn't spend that much time and I was too worried about a shark coming and eating me. <laughs> I don't even know how you put that out of your mind. I've don't, seen some big motivation st- not to fall. <laughs> They'll still get your ass. You got to sit in there before the wake comes. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen some. Somebody asked me that the other day. I know. I've that, that. My dad spent the whole summer. He's retired now, and him and uh, my my mom were back in Hawaii for three and a half months, really suffering this summer. But life of beach. Yeah. So the day before they got there, it was in the paper in Kauai. A local guy um, was only ten feet offshore, and, and they never found anything. Like ate them all. The whole thing, which is really strange, because usually it's tigers that hit you in Hawaii, and they're kind of indiscriminate eaters. But they may take a piece, and then they'll find the rest of you, or you'll survive. But this guy was a local guy. He was in the water, only ten feet off the shore, and it wasn't the bad part. Is it wasn't a place you probably. Uh, it's not a normal surf spot or anything. Right. So, yeah, and they never found him, which is strange. And then that movie Soul Surfer, that happened on my island, too. That was the girl that lost her arm, and then her dad made her the special board. So she still surfs. She lives there. She still, I mean, didn't slow her down any. But, I mean, I've seen some big shadows. I've had some stuff touch me before. Nope. I don't know what it is. Nope. I don't really want to know. Nope. Try not to think about it. Dude, Lake Mead, (laughs) the only thing you got there is big catfish. There you go. That's it. Yep. They're not eating here. Yeah. We'll have to do that one of these summers. I always say this. I always tell everybody because they ask me to go out on the boat. But a boat's one of those commitment things. You have to like somebody. Yeah. Because you're you're stuck. You're stuck. Four hours. You're stuck. No, I'm not taking you back. Yeah, I can drop you off. I don't like you, but right. the reality is, I'm I'm stuck with you. Or I'm a I'm a good fun. I'm a good companion. I'll I'll bring uh, whatever you like to drink and pay don't for drink. gas. Oh, okay. Don't drink. Well, That's, I'll lunch then. I'm lucky. Lunch. I'm lucky. Yeah. Lunch and gas, dude. There it is. You know what's funny is I don't even ask for gas money because I'm going anyway. That's my attitude right. towards it. Just go have fun. At the end of the day, help us wipe the boat down. Done. But it's a it is a um I love to watch people that surf because my buddy Jason rides with us and I get to see a whole other element of that side of it and it's. I'd, the I fact do that you, the, you surf the ocean, dude, go ride your buddy's boat and then let's come back. Oh, and- we're going to do it this summer. We, I mean, we, well, I was up there the other day and when, where he lives is way colder, but we, we had almost planned on going out and then we looked at the temperature. I'm like, dude, it's, 
it's going to be too cold to get in this lake. Right. right. It was just too late in the season, but it, that boat is just sitting there. I think he only got it out twice because it, it just got too cold, but he, he showed me some videos. It looked awesome. I think we went every weekend this, this year that That's we were awesome. in, in town. We went for at least five hours. Well, Saturday. do you go to Lake Mead? Mead? Yeah. yeah. We so went Mead's to Powell uh, last year, our summer break trip. That's what we did. Is we went to Powell, and it, nice. was, it was badass, man. Yeah, Stayed there for a beautiful. week and just uh, I surfed. <laughs> surfed Powell. Yeah. Well, sweet. Well, tell people how to find you online. Everything's Jaegertown, so J-A-G-E-R, not Y, but J-A-G-E-R-T-O-W-N in one word. So it's Jaegertown.com, Jaegertown on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Meter's always posting funny videos. He does all these football picks. Uh, I like to do a thing, and, and we've just been so busy touring, but now that we're slowing down, I kind of do a Tuesday tunes. So I'll, um, when I you know write something new or working on something new, I kind of put it out there so you get to see some behind the scenes stuff of the songwriting. I'm you do it as a my, post or a story. Yeah, dude, it's like um both. Yeah, yep, and do it. I just do it in my little studio in my basement, and it's just it's raw, and kind of get feedback and and people let you know what you know what yeah. they think about this. It's free input. About. Yeah, super cool. Uh, and and I like it when people are you know honest, and if they have anything too terrible, it's cool if they send it in a message, not a post. But no, just kidding. Either way, it's fine. <laughs> There's the haters everywhere. <laughs> right. Haters everywhere. But uh, so we do that, and then and then um, you know all the music, whatever you're streaming on, um, if if you want to go that way. I know you've been awesome to play it here on Country AF Radio. We've got the new single Blacktop, uh, Nashville stuff. I, we talked about uh, sometime in between now and and the first of the year, we're going to try to shoot a music video for that. We have a couple music videos that were great for review and we shot one uh blame it on the wine in the freezing cold last year that came out great so you know you know what's funny is before that i want to say i heard blame it on the wine and i was like hey, this song's kind of cool but i was kind of like sketched out by the name of the band mm -hmm. truth be told i was like this is just how long can that last because i'm like thinking about jaeger and then as i started to read more about it and kind of get an understanding of who you guys were and it wasn't just a a, a ploy per se right, to right. to hope for a deal sort of thing sure. or that like with Jaegertown but um that song is what I don't remember how you guys got booked here the first time I don't know if I I don't remember to be honest with you but I heard that song we started playing it before I ever talked awesome. to any of you guys that's and I was awesome. like that's kind of the attitude we have is we hear stuff that we like we get pitched music all the time I bet and um we created a, an email address for for our uh music um program director and um we kind of go through and sift through stuff that gets sent in. We've 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 met some really neat people that way because awesome. people they see and they start to hear and the 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 outlet of it all. I think that's what it's about. Everybody judges things prior to knowing stuff. Mm -hmm. I was guilty of that, but uh, I'm a fan now. Dude, thanks cool. for having us, man. Thank this you. is, I it's it's a treat. You guys have a really special venue, and then you know the you're you're 360 in it here with the radio, and then there's getting behind people who are who are writing music and trying to. You know, make an inroad whether it's indie band or on the on the level of, of of anybody. You know, I know you got Carly tomorrow, and yeah, it's it's awesome. So thanks, but yeah, any 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 that wants to get on board, Jaegertown, I think we've got half the hotel booked up with, with fans that have come down to see this show, so they're excited to be here. It's I love it. Awesome. I love it. We've heard from a lot of them already. Sweet, sweet. Thanks, thanks. for having us. Man. Heck yeah. Thank you. That's the end of this one. Go ahead. Roll credits. Recorded by Toad. Produced by Toad. Booked by Toad voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job. 